Amen. So I'm going to continue um, last week. We were looking at um, flowing in um, what? The amazing grace of God. Hallelujah. We're looking at that. Now, the, before I continue the, the teaching, Father, I thank you for grace. I thank you for spirit. We give you all the before I continue the teaching from last week, I just want to say one or two, one or two things that you see um, the the house of God is a very um, it's a completely spiritual place. Amen. It has a lot of trappings and it has a lot of natural trappings, but physically, it's a spiritual place. Um, kingdom of God is spiritual. And um, it functions by by laws, amen. By laws and principles, we're together now. Has laws and principles um, that, when we follow them, we're able to experience um, the life of God as we ought to experience it. For example, I just emphasized during the prayers. I emphasized. The importance of praying in the spirit. Amen. Then immediately you practice that, you will get the result, right? Just immediately. That you can always get direction from God if you are somebody who is consistent in praying in the Holy Ghost. Are we together now? It's a very, very, um, it's, a, it's a basic tool. It's a basic tool tool for for our engagements and our interactions with the things of God. Are we together now? So that's one of the protocols uh, for appropriating the, the very possibilities that are existent in God. So we find out that the Faith is spiritual, and we need to understand how it is being operated so that we can benefit from it. For example, um, the, let's talk about the anointing, for example. The anointing, you know, which, which, uh, which is used for spiritual task, especially when we when we um, gather gather as a people. For example, do you know that if somebody was, if you have a gift that is, a, that is primarily a teaching gift, for example, if you have a teaching gift and you have a teaching gift in your house, I mean in your church, do you know that if you do too much worship, the teaching gift will get tired and not inspired. Did you know that? You have somebody who is primarily a teacher and you want to steady your atmosphere. Then you now get uh, a psalmist. Amen. You think you're trying to create a prophetic atmosphere but the guy just wants to come atmosphere so he can teach. 
get the point. So sometimes you have to study those who want to receive or study the anointing and find out how to uh, create an atmosphere that can help you get the best of the anointing. Amen. A teacher wouldn't mind a, a, full, a, a, a court teacher. I'm not talking of somebody who can teach. Some people can teach, but they do not necessarily take the office. They're not primarily in the office of a teacher. Amen. So somebody who can teach, who is primarily in the office of a teacher, would not most likely want too much music before he comes up. And so in his mind, that if he, if he comes into the service, he wants to know when he will would teach and is hopeful there won't be too much drama. Yeah. And he's not being carnal. That is how the, his anointing works. Amen. Somebody who, who flows primarily in the prophetic office will want some stirred atmosphere. Most of the time a, 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 a worship atmosphere. Like the Elijahs and the Elishas would always like to have a psalmist. Are we together now? That can help stir the atmosphere. Are we together now? Stir the atmosphere. Amen. Praise God. So, we who are receiving is now a uh, it's the, the responsibilities on us to understand the anointing that we are receiving and then pattern our fellowship, amen, in a way that that, that anointing can flow maxim, maximally, right? Is that, is that what maximally? Optimally or maximally. Gabriel, which one? All right. Thank you. Now I want to say Ali. Is it maximum? All right. Fantastic. So you need to find that out. Also, do you know the anointing is very sensitive? Huh? So the, the anointing is very sensitive. It, it can go. It can go, yeah. The anointing is very, the anointing is very, very sensitive. It can just disappear. So, and so the anointed is usually protective of his anointing. And everybody knows what but for example, if you, the days of Kenneth again, one of the things that will make, that can make his anointing fly, is too much clapping. Yeah. In fact, doctrine, his own doctrine, he doesn't believe in, in even clapping at all in the church. So if you if you invite Kenneth E. again to your church, and after every small thing, everybody claps, the man wouldn't feel like preaching. 
life. Life. It just goes. Everybody knows every anointed person who, who has a call into the ministry knows what makes his anointing fly. I hate bad, bad sound in my life. I hate bad, bad sound and not responsive singers. I can't do, I can't do great things. For me, no sound is better than bad sound. And no music is better than bad. So I'm very sensitive of you know, of sound. Amen. And you, you might think that uh, his own is too much. It's because you are not anointed. If, if, if you are anointed, you would understand what I'm talking about, that there are things that have cut you off. I'm not talking about the glory. I'm talking about the anointing. I'm not talking about the glory of God. I'm talking about the anointing. And you can't, you can't switch on the glory and switch it off. Glory is not, is not in anybody. There's no anointed person operates the glory as he likes. The glory of God. So we all start by ministering from our place of anointing. I can't say, let the glory move now. I can't. You can't, you don't. Glory is just the spirit, is the very spirit of God functioning how he wants and when he wants. But he's giving us the anointing. Thank you. Sounds good. But he's giving us the anointing. And so you can see that every part of, when we gather together, every part of our, of our gathering is very, very spiritual. It's very spiritual. That's why, thank God I'm talking majorly to the to, to leaders here. That's why you have to, you have to, you know, do everything as unto, unto because everything is, everything is important. And, if you want to receive from who God has ordained to bless you, then you also want to make sure that He's focused on things around the anointing. Get the point now. You don't want you don't want your guest minister to be thinking about several things. You invite a guest, you invite a guest minister, and he's thinking about several things. He's trying to solve several problems. You don't want him doing that. You want that's the reason for that's the reason why we arrange the level of comfort that we arrange for for guest preachers. The reason is that we want that. We want all the distractions to go so that we can have full access. Amen. Thank you. So that we can have full, ac- full access. Amen. To the um, gift of God upon their lives. Are we together now? And you don't want the focus to be 
sheared or taken out. Right? That's the reason for all the vestments that you see that churches, including this one, will put into other things. And you wonder, one speaker, 400,000, one speaker, one million. But we do all of that so that we can be focused. Amen. Not, it's not only because of comfort, but it's because of what? Because of focus. And, and this also functions even at the, home, at the home front level, even for the wife and the husband. The wife must learn to, to make sure the husband is focused. Get a point. You're fighting over fighting over everything. How do you achieve the dreams, the visions? You know. Are we together now? Fighting over everything and disagreeing over everything. So even the wives have to learn to create an atmosphere that will allow office of the husband to to blossom. Amen. Because the husband has a role to play in the life of his wife, the wife in the life of the kids, and there's some level of focus that we need to create. So please learn to, you know, at a personal level, at a church level, at whatever level, learn to create the right atmosphere, especially for the person that is meant to bring a blessing um, um, to you. The Bible says that if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, what happens to you? Receive what? Prophet through word. So there's something called receiving a prophet, right? Something called receiving a prophet. How? In the name of a prophet. So there is a way a prophet is what is received. So you need to study. So if you are going to receive someone, you need to find out who is he. You hear, okay, he is a prophet. Then how do I receive prophet? I must create an atmosphere that makes the prophetic thrive. Huh? Create an atmosphere that makes the prophetic thrive. If I do that, I'm able to receive. You remember the story of Rebecca and and um, Jacob and um, Esau and Isaac. And they wanted to receive a blessing from Isaac. Rebecca knew the type of atmosphere that will cause Isaac to flow in what? In releasing a blessing. Are we together here? Um, she helped uh, um, Jacob to prepare the meal. Are you with me? And that meal was instrumental to the release of the blessing. Now, even though it was time to, re- to release the blessing, but even though it was time to, re- to release the blessing, there was still a need to create the proper, the proper atmosphere. So, so timing is not everything. It can be the time, but if you if you do not prepare, 
Amen. So all of us must learn to prepare. And that's why I told, I told them, Pastor Pastor, some months back, let your preparatory prayers, let it be about preparing for the service. It's as simple as that. And a major tool is what? Praying in tongues. We practice that and get it right. Then we'll be able to access. Are we together now? I'm boring you, Abby. Right. So, so we need to, we need to, a very spiritual. Go to a winners, go to a winners conference, for example. All the chairs are specifically numbered. I mean, like the first four or five rows or everything. Specifically numbered, every the person that will sit on it is being informed and told. Yeah, we're gonna sit where we're gonna sit close to Bishop. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna sit close to Bishop. You might think that's too much. It's not too much. We're gonna sit close to Bishop. Bishop will not be caught on our ears. Because one stupid um, remark or attitude can cut things off. At that, at that stage, you want to ease everything God has given to you. You remember the guy that Paul healed who was looking at him sternly. Paul knew he had faith to be what? If you put that guy in the back, there won't be miracles that day. Put that guy in the back, there won't be miracles that day. I know a church, I know a church that I hate to preach there. I hate it. And they've only caught me to preach once. It was, it was, it was a mistake. Like they caught me because they have invited me one or two times. They have told me I'll preach one or two times, but I escaped. One time they invited me that I'll take 30 minutes before the main preacher comes to preach. Then the service started. Went somewhere to go and look for where to eat Amala. At my time, exact time. Delayed it. When I finished eating the Amala, stayed there for a long time. When I was done, I now went. The service had started. The preacher was preaching. I said, what would you say? Hey, ah, Mabinu. Mabinu, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't preach there. The reason is because there's nothing, nothing I'll say. Because what they do is that they mark the preacher's script. You know, if I needed my scripts to be marked, I would go to Bible college and go and do an exam and all of that. So I knew that they didn't want what I what I have. And, and the anointing is not forced on people. The anointing is not given. It is received. Received. Anointing is, is received. It's not praise God. Amen. Amen. So can you hear me?
course, the, the common story we usually read of Jesus not being able to do a lot of great work in a place. Why was that? Because of the atmosphere. This particular time was an atmosphere of this, of this honor. Amen. That, that came through what? Huh? Through what? Familiarity. Amen. Are we good now? It came, it came through came through familiarity. And so, and so the anointing is not, is not necessarily given. Amen. It is what? It is received. Jesus Christ said when you go into a city, you go to a house. It says, if they receive you, then bless them. Amen. And the only way they can receive you is if, it says, if they have the son of peace in the house. So, it's an important lesson. And listen, let me show you why this lesson is important. What the anointing will do in one minute can deliver you from 25 years of stress. In one minute. What the anointing will do in, in one minute can deliver you from 30 years of, of struggle. What one prophetic word can do to you will set you free. Amen. And that's why you must create an atmosphere where there will not be struggle. Make sure that you don't, your, the vessel that is meant to bless you is not struggling. Eh? Not because of the vessel, but for your, own, for your own sake. There's a whole lot, there's a whole lot we don't understand. I'm telling you the truth. There's a whole lot that we don't understand and um, we would do well if we admit that we don't understand a whole lot of things on how this world this realm operates are we together now there's a way to operate and its operations are the operation of this realm is consistent age to age The Bible says that the, 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 the lesser is blessed of who? Of the greater. You get a point now? What did the Bible say? I can't hear you. And it was talking in the order of the priesthood. The, the blessing that the, priest, that the priesthood shares. Of course, in the New Testament, the priesthood is representative of the fivefold. Are you with me? Yes. Priesthood is representative of the fivefold. And it says that the lesser is blessed by what? The greater. And this is beyond what? All contradiction. <laughs> You see, these are eternal laws. You can't fault it. Huh? You can't what? You can't fault it. Like, don't touch it. Don't hear it. 
Are we together now? I think I'm enjoying this. I'm beginning to want to enjoy this teaching. I'm not enjoying it before, but maybe it started from sorrow. Maybe it will end in joy. You get the point now? Let's start from verse 1. Maybe there is something there. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of what? The most high God. You see that I understand what I'm talking about. Who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. So, who blessed Abraham? Melchizedek, priest of what? Of the... Of, of the most high God is the king of Salem to whom also you get the point now Abraham give I think you get the point now yes, sir. so the king of Salem the priest of the king of Salem the priest of the most high God blessed Abraham that was the introduction of that of that chapter, right? The verse 1. What's the verse 2? To whom Abraham gave. So Abraham's giving is not a blessing. That so it was Abraham that gave him a lot of money. They did not count Abraham's giving as blessing Melchizedek. So Abraham did not bless the priesthood. It was the priesthood that blessed him. But if you look naturally as an intelligent Oludu, you would you say, ah, Abraham blessed that. Ah, Kai, the Bible blessed Abraham from Christian. Kai. Abraham blessed that priest. But the Bible says Abraham did not. It was the priest that blessed Abraham, but it was Abraham that gave To whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, being translated king of righteousness and then also king of Salem. Salem. Of course, this was a lot of money. Amen. Amen. This was a lot of money because this was money got from a serious uh, 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 war. More like, a, more like a world war. So you can understand that we're talking billions here. You get the point now. To whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, being first translated king of righteousness and then king of Solomon and king of peace, without father. That's this. This Melchizedek. Without mother. Without genealogy, this, um, this priest, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, that's the quality of this priest. Well, I heard some preachers said that this priest has father, has mother, and that. 
They tried to explain it, but it was very difficult. But maybe they are correct, but let's just focus on the Bible, right? All right. Without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but like the Son of God, remains a priest continually. Now consider how great this man was. To whom even the patriarch Abraham gave a tenth of the spoils. This was a lot of money. A whole lot of money. Alright. And indeed those who are of the sons of Levi. Who receive the priesthood. Have the commandment to receive tithes from the people. According to the law. That is, that is so, so we can see that. The, the Levites, the Levites who become priests in the time of Moses had a commandment to receive tithes according to the law. It means that, but this Abraham giving Melchizedek tithe was not according to the law. So, tithing preceded the law. Do you understand? It was the law that borrowed from it. So it's not originated from the law. It was the law that borrowed from it. It originated from Abraham and it was connected to an everlasting priesthood. Because the Melchizedek priesthood is like unto the son, which is forevermore. So you can see that the titan engagement between Abraham and Melchizedek is eternal. So we now see that this spiritual law was now borrowed, right? Into the law of Moses. Who received the priesthood have a commandment to receive tithes from the people according to the law. That is from the brethren. Though they have come from the lungs of Abraham. But he whose genealogy is not derived from them. Received tithes. So, Melchizedek is not a Levite. But he received tithes. From Abraham. From the priesthood himself. Abraham's genealogy was where the priesthood of the Lord started from. So, Levi too has paid tithes. Are you with me? And so, if you are truly a priest... And a king unto our God. Then one of the signs that you what? You pay tithe like your father Abraham. He whose genealogy is not derived from them received tithes from Abraham and blessed him. So he who gives tithe, did not, you didn't bless your priests. So can you see that it is, it is a perverted soul? When you are beginning to think, what are they doing with my tithe? You are perverted. You are not even giving the tithe. You need to repent. You don't even understand. You have not even started paying tithe. When you want to find out what your tithe was used for, it's because you think your tithe is a big deal. It means that your tithe is, is, is superior to the blessing. You don't even know about the blessing. You think you blessed. You know, a lot of people think they blessed the church. 
or they bless their pastor. And I'm going to say, I've not even said what I want to say. I was just on a journey. So, Abraham gave tithe. Melchizedek blessed him. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So, so, so it's not enough to have the promise. You have, you need the blessing. That there is a blessing that you need that can activate your promise. Yeah. You need the blessings that can what? Activate your promise. And that's why a lot of people just only confess the promise and begin to start criticism against how they can get the blessing. So, 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 so they get frustrated. So their, their confession is always above the experience. Don't live a life where your confession, you never experience your confession. You, the best part of your life is when you are confessing. You should be experiencing the realities of your confession. You understand that? And what can activate that is what is the blessing. And don't forget that this ordinance I'm, I'm reading from is an eternal ordinance. It's an eternal ordinance. The, the lifestyle of Abraham is an eternal protocol. That if we look at that protocol, the protocol is is <laughs> it's, it's New Testament pre-launch. With Abraham, you can pre-order New Testament. It was the pre-ordering process of the New Testament. Before the New Testament came, Abraham was living in it. He got the album. I was playing the album. Before everybody got the album. If I, after I got the album, people now entered law. It was... He was still waiting. Then after the law, those who now came to the New Testament now found out that we are not children of Moses. We are children of Abraham. Yeah. You know you are not a child of Moses. Yes. But you are a child of Abraham yeah. in New Testament palace. Yeah. Not figurative. Because he's the father of faith. And you have been saved by grace through faith. And that faith was first unlocked by the life of Abraham. So we're all connected to what? To Abraham. Are we together now? So the blessing is for those who have the promise. Let's read, friends. Now beyond all contradiction. Beyond all contradiction. That's like... That's like a summary of the first six verses. Beyond all contradiction, the lesser is blessed by what? The greater. So if Melchizedek, if Melchizedek blessed Abraham, then it means that what? Melchizedek is greater than Abraham. So, so the priesthood is greater. Am I together here? The priesthood is always greater. The priesthood is always what? 
is always greater than the participants. The priesthood. Is the wisdom of God. Now beyond all what? Contradiction. And let me explain the verse 1 to verse 6 that was summarized to verse 7 that says the lesser is blessed by the greater. So it means that if you are going to see a flow of blessing, there has to be three things present. The blessing is present, definitely, right? The lesser has to be present and the greater has to be present. That if there is no lesser, if there is no greater, there will not be blessing in the order of priesthood. So the priesthood cannot bless his mates. So if you relate with all believers, everybody in the faith as your mate is nice, but you will not get the blessing that activates your promise. So sometimes you need to be fine now who is not your mate. You get my point for lucky. So one of the things we must learn to do is to create a lesser, greater atmosphere so that the blessing can what can flow. Huh? What do you do? You create a what? A lesser greater. You have to create that atmosphere for the priesthood to bless you. Because beyond all contradiction, the lesser is blessed by what? By the greater. Beyond all contradiction, the flow of the priesthood. And that, so you will now understand. You cannot go back and understand verse 1. That when, you, when Abraham engaged Melchizedek, the reason why Abraham gave to Melchizedek is to let him know that you are greater. Are you together with me? You see, because it is not the greater that will force the lesser with a blessing. It is the lesser that will create the atmosphere. If, if the greater forces it, it's no more the kingdom. It's now witchcraft and control. I'm not preaching. It's witchcraft and control. It is witchcraft and control. The greater has no right. Are you with me? To, fl- to force a blessing or to create the atmosphere. It is the lesser that makes the decision, that discerns the priesthood and then creates a lesser, greater atmosphere so that the priesthood can flow. That's why, for example, if you're organizing a, a service and I'm inviting a guest, did you notice that the first thing Pastor Bola Odutola did when he came here was to bless us? The first thing. What happened? How did it happen? We created the atmosphere. We set up a committee for about six weeks. And we did, the re- we did the research. We called all the children. To go and find out how can we make this man bless us. 
What does it like? He was a, we, we, we had the committee for eight weeks, six to eight weeks, and they were giving me feedback. And they were calling, Richie, what does it like? What does it not like? What does it this? What does it like? Is it this thing? What the gifts does it like? What does it like? What does it like? I knew he doesn't receive, he will most likely not receive an offering. What was the best way to give the offering in a way he cannot reject? We did that. And so immediately he got to the to the altar. The first thing he did was what? To release a blessing. You, you see, it is beyond all control. The, the greater does not have a choice. Even the greater. Immediately you accurately position yourself as the lesser. The greater will not have a choice. It will flow. Have you seen some bad people who you think they don't deserve a blessing from some people, but they are getting the blessing? Yeah. Uh, you, you are the deep one. Now. Have you met them? Some people who are getting connections with some people that, what is this man doing with this man now? He's a bad person. Listen, he has made himself lesser. You are theologically accurate. He is lesser. You are a theologian. beyond all what contradiction so anytime you create that atmosphere a blessing will flow from the priesthood and this blessing will activate the promise promise. Praise God. So we did that and um, and um, and the man began to bless us. When I got home by in the evening, guess who called me? His wife. His wife called me. His wife called me. We didn't invite the wife. But when he got home, I spoke to the wife. And this had nothing to do with gifts or whatever. Of course, maybe that was a little part of it, but it was the heart and the setup that was created. And any greater who demands for this setup is, is an illegal one. Is not going to be demanded for. That is not demanded for does not mean it's not necessary. Don't interpret the lack of its demand for it not being needed. Needed. Somebody say, beyond all contradiction. So can you see why, you now understand why Jesus could not do much. When he got there, they didn't create that atmosphere. I know a particular healing minister who never prays, who never, 
who never prays for any sick person that doesn't that doesn't call him and say that I really need you to heal me. He doesn't. When you check 80% of Jesus' healing, it was the desperation of those who needed healing and the assurance that Jesus can heal them. That's how it works. He teaches never, he teaches don't follow the healing line. Follow the honor line. Yeah. Can we read the next verse? All right, let's just let's not let's not overflow it. So you have to learn, you know, I started from talking about um, creating the right atmosphere for the anointing. You remember that's what I was talking about. Find out what works. You need the anointing. I'm telling you the truth, you need the anointing. You need the anointing. You need the anointing. You need you need you need spiritual impute in your life. How many of you believe that? You need spiritual impute in your life. You need it. Even 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 let's say not for not for anything, not for anything physical. Let's even assume there's the anointing does not provide anything physical. Do you know you can never have peace without the anointing? Internally. You can't have an inward, a robust inward life. Let's even assume the anointing does not provide anything physical. But your flow, your engagement with the Lord. Are you together with me? Your access to spiritual resources. Praise God. Your access to spiritual resources. Your ascension. Your ascension to the realms of, of, of God. The realms of glory. The realms of power. Paul reminded Timothy that when we laid hands on you, that a gift was put inside of you. Are we together now? Those are the things that the priesthood communicates. Why do we why do we have a huge why do we have a big we have numbers in the Christian faith now, but we don't have enough impact is because a lot of people are church attendant. They attend church but they are not necessarily connected. Are you with me? Bible says how beautiful it is when brothers dwell together in what? In unity. How is it like? It's like oil. And how does it flow? That flows from where? Of who? So when brothers dwell together in unity, we now immediately have a system. A system is put in place that administrates the oil. And that system is the priesthood, which was what Aaron represented. Am I making sense here now? Praise God. He says it is like oil that flows. So when there is unity, 
one of the things we will notice is priesthood. And when there is priesthood, there will be distribution of oil. Are we together now? So when you, when you connect the right um, community, the way you should connect it, then you should begin to experience oil, right? You should be experienced functions. Functions that you didn't have before. Abilities that you didn't have what before. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head. Running down on the beard. The beard of Aaron. Are we together here? Yes, sir. The beard of Aaron. Maybe that's why I have, <laughs> I have beards. Are we together, friends? The beard of Aaron. So, just because I am accurately joined, I can lack oil. Are you with me? You get the point now. I can't what? I can't lack oil. I can't lack oil. <laughs> See, I can't lack oil. <laughs> um, um, there was a funny incident last week when they went to do the grand opening. Of um, of of Bishop Oyedepo's um, new new um, <laughs> new facility. It's called the Ark. <laughs> so you know, a few years ago, this present facility was in the, made the Guinness Book of Record. Do you know Oyedepo's facility made the Guinness Book of Record? The fifty thousand capacity without pillars. He built it by the spirit. He was praying in tongues and that's how he got it. And so right now, this 50,000 that made the Guinness Book of Record will now be the overflow. <laughs> yeah, it's now the overflow. So, so they are building another one, the Ark. God told him to name it the Ark because it will function just like the Ark where it will bring deliverance and, and preservation for people who come there. You know, that's the idea. So, in the grand opening, and the, the money is already, they've had the money to build it um, some years back. They are not raising it. Yeah. They are not raising it. They've had the money to build it. God told him it's not time. That's why he didn't build it. So, it was meant to be called the thing Fit Dome. But they had to change the name. God said that's not the name. So it's had the money. In fact, some of the pastors were already gone with that. What happened to our building? It's ready now to build it. So they are not trying to raise the money. You know, your nation doesn't really have facilities like that. The old nation. Your nation doesn't have such. So when so when they were doing the grand opening, they now gave some of his sons one one minute to just say something. So when it was time for David Bimei to speak, he said, Well, he said, Who you follow determines what follows you. I <laughs> <laughs> you know David Bimei has one funny smile on his face when he's talking. 
He said, he said, who you follow determines what follows you. It's like oil. That's how the priesthood operates. It's like oil. Priesthood. Don't worry, this is the only teacher we're having today. Don't worry, don't stress yourself. I won't stress you today. And it was from the bad sound. The style that inspired this. It's <laughs> the style that inspired this preaching today. Amen, praise God. Can we take it a little step further? All right, we'll just have this teaching and we'll have worship. And we're good. Does anybody have testimony? Am I going to take testimony? Does anybody have a testimony? You have a testimony? Wow, been a while you've had it. <laughs> because you said that yes, a lot of. With a lot of. All right, let me give her the Maglia share her testimony. I don't know to do Yeah, why not? Oh, the share testimony. That's break. Oh, use your testimony to do break. Let's hear what God has done. Give her the mic. Good morning. Um, normally, my mom is actually the one that will do this testimony, but okay. I promised her this year mm. I would do it. So, actually, today is my birthday. Awesome. <laughs> so, usually, um, um, since birth, this is how my mom will share the testimony. Um, she'll be like, um, sorry, I, I meet people a lot. Mm. So, like, um, according to my mom, she's like, normally she's not supposed to give birth to me. Because my dad gave up when my mom was pregnant because the doctor told him to just forget it that neither the, the mother or the child will make it. But what really made me share this testimony was a Mama Desola's word when she was sharing testimony. She was like, um, when she gave birth to Godia, they were just teasing and then the baby came out. So that was what happened when they gave birth to me. So this year, I just want to thank God that this match, I've not had any accidents. I've not died because every match is like, you know, when you're just expecting that, okay, where is it going to come from? It's going to be bike, it's going to be explosion. Like, I thought I thought shall something go happen. But I know God that is sure that double C's in Ludo is just, just, he just got me this month. And um, um, I just, I know, say this month too, I know we get accidents. Because, <laughs> like, I can't count the number of times I'm almost falling down. You know when you are like you want to find you're like ah how did she I want to thank God that because my dad called this morning and he was like um, so any accident today I said no sir my mom called she has been calling since she's like and I'm very sure what she wants to ask is eh so ni bolo ti she leni but I know that today 
nothing will happen and um, Amen. so yeah that's my testimony Amen we rebuke such occurrences Amen. we go to your source we go to day one and we counter whatever manipulation occurred. We plead the blood. We plead the blood. And we speak of a new beginning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. You have a testimony? All right, let's give... Sunday, the opportunity to share his testimony. Amen. 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 Um, I want to, I've had this in my heart for a while now. Um, I want to thank God for, for over, over, over the past couple of, maybe, Maybe a few years, about two years or so now. I've had, well, this is not the real testimony. This is the testimony. I have, I have one testimony I want to share. <laughs> so, testimony to now has a first, first service and second service. You shall, have, you shall have one minute. No, 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 so I want to thank God for, I've noticed over the past couple of years mm. how God has used the men in my life. Mm. Mm. Um, God might not have, money might not have fallen from heaven or mm. Mm. Um, God has not blessed me with, mm. I don't know, some other things directly. Mm. But I've noticed over time, over mm. years, that God has blessed me with men. Mm. Um, the reason why my stomach is getting bigger is because God has blessed me with beautiful people in my house. Mm. The reason why... I'm still this fresh. Mm. It's because God has blessed me with beautiful people. I have, I have, I can't start mentioning names. Mm. I have the likes of Pastor mm. the likes of Pastor Zach, mm. um, Dimitri, BC, Jerry. Mm. Abike is amazing. Guys, let me clap for you. I have Sholamba. Everybody around me. Amazing people around me. Amen. I'm so blessed and I thank God for it. Amen. I don't take it for granted. I thank God for it. Amen. Hallelujah. Awesome. Okay, so we've had a fantastic. You have a testimony too? Quickly give him, let him share his testimony. That's um, um, Aditola. Dami. All right. All right. All right, yeah, sincerely from my heart, I just want to give thanks to God um, for divine health. I, once in a while, I normally have just my little hand, uh, quick recovery, very sharp, just feel the sign, <laughs> attack it, and I, I, I for once want to take it for granted, like many people, the one that happened, it's just Saturday, Friday, and it just came, like, People that saw me like I was shivering, sharp, sharp. I just, 
And it was like, uh, just give me this thing and I'll be fine. Mm. So they are trying to say, ah, this kind of man is this. And I wanted to start taking it for granted. But I told them that normally I should not be sick. So seeing me that come back very fast, it's just like very soon. I'll just attend that thing that for years or for the rest of my life, I'll never be sick. So I, don't, I don't want to take um, divine health for granted. Awesome. I don't want to take um, um, getting ill. Just two days, and I'm fine. I'm very, very, very strong one that my even little others to death. Mm. And I'll just pass it like that. And I want to give thanks to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Ah, ah, ah. Yeah. <laughs> it's enough. We'll do more testimonies next week. Praise God. I'm mean, not have you noticed that I, did, I don't used to talk about things like vaccine, whether I should take vaccine or not. I said I should mention, it, it's not, they are not topics. Some say the vaccine is uh, antichrist. Some say the vaccine is not antichrist. And all that. They, are not, they are not topics. If it's antichrist, don't, don't take it. If it's not antichrist take it. But you have to go and untake the ones you have taken when you were small. Because you are because you have been taking vaccine. Your body is used to vaccine. You are taking vaccine. So you understand. And this vaccine might just be one of those vaccines that our children will start. It's just an addition. When it's six weeks, eight weeks, they will jab your child. You know, so I just feel we should not be making um, too many uh, not make a big deal over everything, you know, and not, you know. You must learn to respond to things from your, from your spirit. There are some things that by the time you check your spirit, you know there's no matter, there's no matter there. Even if the old world might be. March, um, March last year, when, when coronavirus started, we told them how it went. We told them. In this church, I told them, you know, and um, Everybody is now acting as if the virus does not exist. But by this time last year, we are acting as if we are going to die next week. <laughs> is the virus real or not? It's definitely real, but um, it came with a lot of fear and, you know, and all of that. You must learn to respond to things, not from what you see on the news. Your spirit must be alive and you must face things with your, with your spirit. Are you together with me? Amen. So that's by the way. So let's go back to our topic. Give me, give me um, the scripture we've been looking at. Amen. So it is when, when the brethren dwell together in unity, it is like what? It is like oil. So I was talking about how you definitely will not lack oil if you are intricately connected. Are you with me? To the family that God has put uh, inside you, oh, the family God has put has put uh, has put you in. Are, we, are you are you with me? Yes, but when you are in the family God has put you in, your life will never lack oil. It means that there will be grace. Praise God. There will be what? Grace. There will be grace. There will be grace. Naturally speaking, lack of grace is a sign that you are not in a family, even naturally speaking. When you see a small boy struggling to pay his school fees, 
then there is a dysfunction somewhere in the family. When you see a small boy begging for money on the street, there is a sign that family system is what? It's broken. So even naturally speaking, when you see struggle, are you with me? It is a sign that what? Something is wrong with what? With family. There is a disconnection from family. So also spiritually speaking, when you struggle spiritually, when, you, when your life is hard, am I making sense here now? Now when I'm talking about hard life, I'm not talking about whether you have money or not. You can be in some levels of lack and it doesn't mean you have what? Hard life. Amen. I'm not talking about having money or not, but I'm just saying that when life is tough, when, 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 when you don't have peace in the mind and it's, it's for long, are you together with me? When, when things, you know, the Bible says that, that um, there, is, there is sometimes sorrow in the night and joy in the morning. Other times it says that if you suffer for a while, then you shall be glorified. When sorrow and suffering, if it is not for a while, if it is for too long, then one of the signs of it is that you are not in a family. Are you together with me? And let me tell you the truth. If I was Satan, one of the major things I would want to do to anybody is to get him out of family. Are you with me? Because when you are out of family, there can never be oil. Are we praising God here? So one of the things a spiritual family does is that it provides what? Oil to function. In all, I've, seen, I've seen people's life just go from glory to glory, from beauty to beauty, and all that happened was that they were connected to a family. You understand? I'm a pastor. I've seen, we see one of the, aside from the many challenges in pastoring, one of the joy of pastoring is seeing people progress in life. It's, it's, it's great joy. When you see people, you, you, you know their birthday, their spiritual birthday. You know the day they started, you know. I look at Kenneth, for example. I remember the day he lay on the floor. I can't forget that day. He just lay on the floor at the Teens Church when we were at the Solid Rock. He laid on the floor at the program, and everybody knew that day something had happened to him. I see him lay on the floor. I saw him go to Bible study. I saw him go become a Bible teacher. Are you with me? I saw when he started deceiving um, any. I saw the whole process. Praise God. When he told me nothing is between them, later when he said, I said, ah. I said, is it the Lord? He said, I don't know, but... You know, I saw it. Part of your part of their marriage. Are you together with me? I saw when Kenne can trek from anywhere to anywhere. He's always Kenne has masters in walking. <laughs> he just puts headsets. You don't get Kenne can walk from here to Maryland. He's <laughs> just going. I, I think he has stopped doing that thing. Can I have you stopped doing that thing? Kenneth can walk from here to Maryland. It does not, you see, Kenneth is Kenneth's company. <laughs> when you are around him, you make him feel lonely. <laughs> I saw all of that. I saw all of that. I saw the progression. 
saw the progression. Saw the day he got married. Saw everything, the progression. When you are accurately connected, there will be oil in your life. There will be oil. Listen, progress is certain when connection is done, is made. Progress is certain when connection is made. Are we together here? And I want to encourage somebody. Let me give a word of encouragement to someone. Regardless of where you are right now, if you are accurately connected to a family, this or another, that your spirit assures you that that's where you are meant to be, I tell you the truth and I lie not, that you are going to have a life that will amaze everybody. Tell truth. Tell truth. It was Curtis that chased Bowali out of his room. Curtis. Curtis were fighting in his hostel. And the guy just parked his load, everybody in his room, and ran out of the place and ran to my room back there in university. I said, What happened? He said, Curtis. They stayed with me for a few months. And after a while, the rest got other apartments. And he said, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying here. After a while, I was already done. I came to Lagos to hostel. I'll find out. <laughs> and when, when the guy was done from school, instead of going to his father's house, <laughs> carried on his load and came straight to my house. Sometimes that's all you need. Yeah. But sometimes we didn't know, he didn't know what he wanted to do. It's okay not to know what. You see, just be connected. He didn't know what to do. What will he do? He didn't know. Now the man is a bright, brilliant mind. Brilliant mind. Deserving all the respect in the whole world. So sometimes that's the joy of pastoring. When you can track progress. Both spiritual progress and natural progress. Because there's always oil when there's connection. Always oil. There's connection. Like I said, if I was Satan, I want to get you not connected. Or even if you're connected, I want to get you not appropriately connected. But guess what? When we began to look at this scripture, we saw when he explained connection, he began to explain it in the context of priesthood again. And said, it is like oil, and this oil flows from where? From the head of Aaron down to where? To his beard. And then eventually running down on the edge of his garment. So it covers everybody. Yes, sir. Am I preaching here? Yes, sir. I said it covers everybody. Yes, sir. So last week I was teaching you about five things that you need that would definitely put you on a place where you are functioning in amazing grace. I told you the first one was mercy, right? Yes. I told you the second one is what? Is given. Why is it mercy? It says that blessed are the merciful. And why, why are they blessed? For they shall what? Obtain mercy. Don't forget that it is the greater that blesses the lesser. Right? What's the second one? Giving. And what's the, what's the basic principle? It says God loves a cheerful giver. So it means that there is a special attention that God puts over your life when you give how? Cheerfully. 
Now, I'm not going to stay too much on giving because I have quite some materials that I've taught on giving. How to give. A lot of you, the only giving you know is philanthropic kind of giving, which is part of it, but it's not the most... um, it's not the most productive one for you. Amen. The blessing in it for you is not so much. It's good. It's part of it. But you need to understand the whole constitution around, around giving. You know, the Bible says that we should do good to all men, but especially those of the household of, what, of faith. So there are even levels to doing good. So cheerful giving. It means that your giving must have an attitude to it. Not just an attitude, you must mature your art to the point where it's giving that gives you joy. Yeah. Are we together now? Yes, you know that's not you know that's spiritual. Yes, Normally, what gives us joy is, is credit alert. There is no joy in debit alert. Are you together with me? No joy. Debit alert sometimes can just be annoying. But credit alerts have a way of just smile. Just smile. When you see a debit alert, sometimes you don't even want to fully open the... You don't want to investigate further. But when you see a credit alert, you want to open it and say, how much? It's fun. But just Christ said, it is more blessed to what to give than what to receive. That, may, that is to say, there is a quality of life. There is a quality of heart that you can mature into that you begin to take joy in giving. Amen. Cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. Now give me, is it 2 Corinthians or 1 Corinthians now chapter 9 on giving? Somebody say God loves a cheerful giver. Say God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. So, and I told you, and this, I also tell men this, that when the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver, we know God loves the world. Now, when God loved the world, what did he do? He sent his only begotten son. He gave us so that we will not perish. Are you together with me? Now, this particular love is not the love of for God to love the world. This is God, out of those he has now loved and saved, there are now some that he now, he loves them specially. Are you together with me? So, you know, salvation is a need. It's a need, right? It was that first love that met the need of salvation. Now, this particular God loves a cheerful giver is not the love that meets needs. It's the love that just lavishes goodness on you, even things you don't need. Are we together here? Even things you don't need. There is a place you can be with God that God will be blessing you and giving you what you don't need. God will just bless you with fame and honor. Now, do you know without honor, you won't die? If nobody respects you, you won't die. So far, you respect yourself. You won't die. But God can just put honor on you. Do you know God gives people honor? Do you know? I know, friends, I know what I'm talking about. Baba, God gives people honor. He will just put honor on you. Let people like him. God will just put something on you. People will just like you and just be blessing you. It's, it's, not, in, it's not a must. But sometimes God will do it. Praise God. 
When you see ministers like um, Apostle Joshua, you see, there is, I don't know the, I don't know who the juju is using. The man is just loved. You know that man is loved. Yes. If you like beefy, if you like inciting, that's your concern. That man is just loved. People just like him. It's, it's, I don't know how he contacted it, but it is one of the things God does. God can just make people just like you. The man can just say, three laws of advancements. And it will be as if there's no fourth law, as if it's only that three laws. I say, I tell you the truth and I lie not. <laughs> I say, I tell you the truth and I lie not. These are laws that great men have used and their life have never. This TV law, you can say there are two. I say, ah. The man is loved. The man is loved. It's God that put it on him. The man is loved. You get the point. It's the grace of God. This love flows and God begins to put things on you that you don't necessarily need. And a lot of you need to be delivered from poverty because you are used to only what you need. In fact, you feel guilty having what you don't need. It's poverty. (laughs) Some of you, no matter how wealthy you are, it's still black and brown shoe. Your shirt has to be blue, white, and black. You understand? Those were black and brown. Your belt is black and brown. <laughs> when you see other colors, you are wondering, what are they using it for? <laughs> there are some men in this church like that. I won't mention names. <laughs> I won't mention names. <laughs> Let's get them black and brown. This watch, only black. It can go on anything. So when the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver, it means that there is just something about God and people who give cheerfully. He's weak towards them. He has weakness. He just blesses them. He just blesses them. He just loves cheerful givers. And this is how to treat your spouse. Especially men. This is how to treat your wives. You don't meet your wife's need. There is nothing awesome. It's not a great life. There is nothing interesting for a woman. It's not an interesting life. There's nothing, not for for anybody. It doesn't create extra joy where all you have it's what you need. And a lot of men are used to counting themselves as having done well. When they have paid school fees and put food in the house. So I'm a responsible man. You don't, you don't want a love relationship to prosper that way. A love relationship prospers when the other party gets things that prove love, not prove responsibility. So a lot of you have just been responsible. You have not been lovers. And, 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 and your wife is not in, a, she's not in a, marriage is not a scholarship scheme. So, you understand, a scholarship scheme has a budget, right? That they pay only school fees. That's not it. It's a love relationship. So you must give the other party 
what she never bargained for. Do you understand? And it's not about lavishing. It's not about spending what you don't have. It's just about being thoughtful. Are you with me? In a love relationship, you have to be thoughtful. It wouldn't cost too much. It's just your sense. Just bring your love sense. Bring it to life. Just say, she buy a pay school fees. She buy buy food in the house. No, 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 no. There are, and this is especially for men towards women. Because women are, you know, they are the, they are the ones who live, who live uh, by love. You get my point now? That, that's the oxygen of a woman. And that's why the Bible says that husbands should, should love their wives. It means that love is the oxygen for the woman. The woman cannot do without love. And don't only use, don't only engage your wife with the love of God. Yeah, I know, I know a lot of you Christian brothers are used to the love of God. You forbear. Yes, that's important, but you must understand that your wife is not only a spirit. You get the point. No, no, I'm serious. I'm serious. Your wife is not only a spirit. You get the point now. Your wife is not only a spirit. If your wife was only a spirit, there wouldn't have been a need for marriage. Because marriage is not, it, it describes spiritual things, but marriage is not spirit. You get the point now. Marriage is not spirit. In fact, if marriage is, is there's a lot of natural flesh is involved in marriage. So you must know how to love in the flesh. You get the point now. Not just love where? Love in the spirit. The love of God. So I, you know, when I'm angry, I, I'm calm. I walk in love with my wife. Yeah, but, but that's not enough. Our flesh needs the other type of love. That's why a spirit girl can be lost if she's not careful with, her, with an unbeliever boy. Yeah. yeah. You'll be shocked that a girl who's, who speaks in tongues five times a day, if she's not careful and if she, does, if she doesn't guide herself very well, there'll be one sinner boy she'll be visiting. You know, nobody will know about that one. Because that sinner boy knows how to spice up, spice things up to the point where she will begin to jot things down. <laughs> Yeah, it's the truth. It's the truth. It's the truth. Because there, is, there will always be a flesh part of a woman that her spirituality will not kill. If, <laughs> Are we together now? Calm down, calm down. <laughs> there is a part of a woman that has spiritual. If her spirituality kills it, she wouldn't need marriage again. You get the point now. So you have to, you have to take care of that. Do you understand that? Spiritual um, um, uh, economists, boys who are spiritual economists. <laughs> You get a point. You must have a reasonable 
budget for unnecessary things. Please. 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 If, if you don't have a budget for unnecessary things, you must have the mind that can manage unnecessary stress. You either choose between stress... I'm teaching you for free. Hmm. This is I'm teaching you for free. You will go 15 years, you'll come back here. You must have a budget for unnecessary things. And if you don't have, if you, what's come to us, if you cannot afford the budget for unnecessary things now, you must have the words and the promise of unnecessary things. Listen, unnecessary things is enough. To keep a woman is enough. Yeah. Are you listening to me? Am I making sense? Am I making sense? <laughs> you have to. This one that you are holding your hand, it won't work. I, I, <laughs> that's not the posture of what I'm saying. You know. <laughs> You have to free yourself. Uh, the ladies can fold your hands, but the men... This, because that's what I'm preaching against. This hand that you're always folding. You get... It, it's, it's, not, it's not the cost. It's the thought. Are you with me? Thought. Please, I beg you. I don't want you stressed. The thought. You have to be thoughtful. You have to be thoughtful. You have to be thoughtful. You have to show your love in natural things and natural ways. They don't have to be expensive, but you have to be thoughtful. You have to know things that your spouse likes and wants. Find out what she likes and be a greater, be the number one supplier of it. I've told you this. This is a simple secret. You must be the number one supplier of what your spouse likes. Be the number one supplier. The reason is that she can't get it from any other person. And she's been told she's going to be with you forever. You understand that? And so you now have to be a number one supplier of it, whether it makes sense to you or not. You see, because sometimes the challenge of love is this. Let me explain this to you. Sometimes the challenge of love is this. If, if what makes me feel loved is respect, for example, is respect, the way I will show love to you is by what? Respecting you. Because I have an interpretation that what makes me feel loved is what makes everybody feel loved. So we give what we want. And this is what leads to frustration sometimes in marriage is that when you are giving what you would have wanted and the other person is not feeling satisfied, you are like, ah, ah, with all the love I've shown you, ah, ah. You know, let's say, for example, gifts makes you feel loved. When people gift you, you feel loved. Then if you want to love your partner, what do you do? You gift your partner. And so sometimes you empty your account to gift your partner and your partner still says, you don't love me. And so you want to die, like, ah. 
I don't love you. You see, because you have done your own, um, uh, uh, your own language is what you're giving the person. But you see, and it's a trap all of us fall into. But you see, you have to find out what makes this person feel loved. And I'm telling you, it might not make sense to you. That's your business. You might think it's, ah. For example, gifts doesn't make me feel loved. Do you understand? As much. It, it has its place, but not so much. And so, and so if, if I want to love somebody, I will love somebody based on what I think will make me feel loved. But you see, for some people, what will, for example, you might marry to a wife who, what makes her feel loved is gift. Don't think that it's a superior thing that I can gift. Gifts are just, I give my body to be born uh, <laughs> and I don't have love. That's not what we're talking about. Do you understand? If that give up in that kind, this faith is not easy to have faith. You need to approach faith as something easy. Because if it is easy for our babies and our children, then it means we grow to not having it. We've had it from day one. That's why your son believes you easily. I told you last week about the many things that Isaac, uh, Maverick is sure I'll buy for him. He's sure I'll get him an aeroplane. He's sure I'll get him a lot of things. Amen. Amen. Dogs and everything. I have used my mouth to. <laughs> you know, anything he sees, he just says, buy for me, daddy. I says, good, you have it. This, you have it. As he matures. <laughs> it will come to the knowledge of the truth. <laughs> so, just like a child, you have to find it easy to believe God. I want to stay a little five minutes here. Find it easy to believe God. And one of the ways you find it easy to believe God is that you have to find a company of people who believe God and stay there and believe God together. Because when there is a family of faith, there will be a culture of faith. When there is a family of faith, there will be a culture of faith. The reason why you lack faith right now is not because you don't trust God. It's not really the, it's not lack of trust of God that started it. It is that you came from a faithless place. And the things you are trying to believe God for, you know, a lot of people are not believing God for it because they were born in a family that provides it. They were born in a family that assures it. Are you together with me? And faith is magnetic. Anytime you are in faith for a thing, you will experience it. Faith is magnetic. Faith is magnetic. And that's why there are some people that connect some type of jobs. Do you understand? And there are some type of jobs you don't even try to have. reason is because you have never been in that sphere of people who naturally want those type of jobs. The day you get to another setting and influence, and you see people talking little, talking basic they are making big things look normal. Your brain will begin to, to rewind. Some of you, it's just to change your family setting. They just take you to another place. Your brain will just rewind. You just have new desires. You understand that? You just have new desires. You just, you know, this one that you were planning to just do one small, small thing. By the time they launch you to another atmosphere, your mind will just shift. You get the point now? I told you when we got here, my spiritual father told me, he got here, he said, wow, there was just a beer land here. He said, good. He said, this will be your administrative block. 
we thought we just got a breakthrough. He said it's your administrative block. And then he told me, go and meet everybody on that street and tell them when they are ready to sell the, the land that you are willing to buy, they should let you know first. You get the point? Now, immediately he did that, my mind opened up. Guess what? If my mind did not open up, I would have died here. I would die here. And God will supply at the level of your faith, not at the level of his abundance. It's not God's abundance that determines your supply. It's your faith that determines your supply. So God doesn't supply based on what he has. He supplies based on what you can receive. Are you with me? So your vessel is your prayer point. Your vessel is your prayer point. Just, just if you have, if you, if you come to God with a cup, you have already prayed. The sight of the cup is prayer. It means that you don't have capacity to receive a feeling that is more than this cup. Are you together with me? But if you can open your mind, amen. And he says, hear me, he says that without faith is impossible to please God. It means you can't make God happy if you don't have faith. Meaning that if you have faith, you make God what? Happy. So God is happy when you have faith. So when you ask, when you have capacity to ask God for impossible things, God is excited. Do you, you get my point now? God is what? He's excited. So if you ask a man, a natural man, for something small, he will say, Kai, that guy is contented. If you ask God for something small, God's heart is broken. If you ask him for the impossible, <laughs> you see, because when you ask for the impossible, you are glorifying his name. Because you are saying, God, this is the thing you can do. If you ask him for too little, you are embarrassing him. Because he's God. Are we, are we, am I making sense out of this? So, you have to now get a new family. So live. Live. I preached a message in the Bible. So I spoke about accessing the kingdom. And I spoke about three things that helps you flow in the kingdom. I said aggression, passion, and love. Maybe another time I will, I will, preach, I will preach here. Aggression, passion, and love. I said that. I can't remember. There was a way I said it. Somebody put it somewhere. Wrote it somewhere. About aggression. How you must be a spiritual militant. I don't know who saw that quote. So, uh, somebody put up that quote somewhere. You get the point now. You have to be aggressive. You have to aggressively disconnect from whatever speaks little of what God has put in your heart. You know, when I tell you things like, I don't have anybody discouraging me, you think I'm joking. I'm telling you the truth. There's no one person in my life discouraging me. You get it? Nobody. You see, because it's my life. And then if I pay the rent, then I determine who stays there. You get the point now. There's nobody, there's nobody in my life. There's nobody in my house. I don't have... It was not like that before. Before, I walked in love. You understand? I walked in love. But now, I now understand love better. And I understand that love is not, is not a way to destroy the purposes of God over your life. I don't have... You, you don't get it. I don't have... It means that anywhere I turn, I'm hearing it's possible. You, you get the point. Everywhere, there's nobody. It's such a blissful life. There's nobody discouraging me. Nobody. You understand? You don't have, you won't have the liver to even get close to me. The barricades are, are very tall and very high. You get the point? Because just one wrong influence can crumble your faith. Yeah. Are you together with me? Yeah. So it says that without faith it's impossible to please God. It means that with faith, God is pleased when you're having faith. God is pleased when you are, when you are just sure things will be better. God is pleased when you are, when you are certain. Are you with me? I don't know if I have certain people in the house this morning. 
certain. You see, when I come close to you, what I want to, what I want to find out and know is that, is he certain? I just want to find out, are you certain? Not are you believing God for, I'm talking about, uh, that's a, usually a language of lack of faith. I'm believing, I'm believing God, shut up. What are you, what are you certain of? When I get closer, I want to feel your certainty. I don't care about where you are right now. Because you are going to go higher or fall lesser to your faith. You grow to your faith or fall to your faith. If your present condition in life is better than your faith, it's coming down to where your faith is. And if your present condition in life is lesser than your faith, it's coming up to where your faith is. Because sometimes fluke makes you great. But after a while, faith levels you up. Are you with me? So fear is also a type of faith. So your, your life is going down to your fear or rising up to your faith. Both is faith. Fear is faith. Faith is faith. Your life is going to drop to your fear or go to your faith. And so I want to ask you, what do you have faith for? Do you have faith? Do you have faith? Do you have faith? How's tomorrow going to be like? How's tomorrow? For those of you who, who's not married, do you know how your marriage will be? Do you know who you will be married to? The kind of person you'll be married to? Do you understand that? Am I make, are you making sense out of it? So, so your life will move in the direction of your faith. Faith is magnetic. Are you together with me? It's, it's a currency. You are purchasing with it. You get the point now? You are purchasing with it. Oh, Radabaya. You are purchasing with it. Can I tell you what else faith is? Faith is also a creator. It recreates you. It recreates you. That's what faith does. It recreates you. Listen, listen. As you are like this, eh, your faith will begin to recreate you. And it will begin to reassign you. It will, it will remold you. Listen, you can, be, you can even physically be handsome by faith. Are you together with me? If you don't like how you look, just stay in faith. I'm telling you, it will change you. I tell you the truth. It will change you. Faith, there's nothing faith cannot do. It will just change you. After a while, the person we thought is not true. I'm raising for example. After a while, the person we thought that was not um, handsome, just say, man, that guy don't find you. It changes you. Sit down, brother. It changes you. It recreates you. It remodels you. This is not how I used to be before. It's faith. Can I tell you nothing faith does to you? You see, faith begins to let you know what you deserve. Are you together with me? It changes your bargaining power. By the time, oh my God, am I preaching here? You don't know what you deserve. You don't know what to ask for. You see, because, because even fear is bargaining power. By the time you are full of fear, you bargain low. By the time you are full of faith, you bargain right. Are you together with me? Because you do, you, 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 it recreates you. I don't know how to put it. When the Holy Ghost came, and it's one of the, it's one of the signs of the fullness of the Holy Ghost. When you are full of the Holy Ghost, you'll be full of faith. Peter and Peter looked at that guy by the beautiful gate. He said, look at us. Do you know what that means? That guy they were going to heal. He said, look at us. He said, look unto us. That's what faith does. Faith tells you you are worthy, you are, you are worthy enough for men to look at you. If you don't count yourself as something, you can't tell men to look at you. Are you together? I mean, he says, look at us. Silver and gold, we don't have for now. But what we have, we give. But look at us. Listen, you cannot tell the lame to walk if you don't see yourself as somebody worthy to be looked upon. That was what made that miracle happen. It was a people who saw themselves. And that's why confidence is how you, how you release the supernatural. If you are not confident, the see, how, see how I prophesy. Have you seen how I prophesy? See how I do stuff. I tell somebody, stand there. I tell you, don't even near me. I said, don't near me to come on you now. I will be, I'm praying for somebody. I'll be looking at somewhere else. You don't understand. I'm sure of what I'm saying. 
I will say wait there and I'll be talking about other things. And after a while, the glory will hit the person. I will do as if nothing happened. Sometimes I'm praying for somebody, I will tell a joke. I will tell a joke. I'm I'm praying. I, I say something I will not tell a joke. Everybody will laugh. I will go back to the matter and the thing is still ongoing. Because faith has changed me. You, you understand the point? If you have $100 in your hand, you won't doubt it because it's in your hand. That's what faith does to you. He tells you, he lets you know what you have and what you carry. He says, see where I'm going, we don't have, but such as I have. Take up, be healed. Be healed. That's what excites God. You have to be confident. You have to be assured. And how do you get confidence and assurance? You keep looking at it. Look at who you are. Keep looking at it. Look at the perfect law of liberty and keep looking at it. You, you see, you can't be in the school of faith and the school of fear at the same time. Many of you do two days in faith, in faith, two days in fear, and eventually you become a caricature. You have to be focused. Are you with me, friends? Praise God. Five things. I told you about three. The fourth one is honor. If you flow in honor, you will enjoy amazing grace. Amazing. I don't have to stay long here. I've taught extensively in this place. The Bible says, honor your father and your mother, right? Yes, it says, so that your days shall be long, right? Yes, it says, and this is the only word commandment with a promise. It's also a short thing. Praise God. It's like what I was teaching you about the lesser and the greater. Are you together with me? Honor. Honor your father and your mother. The word father and mother is father and mother, but it also represents the is a system. It works everywhere. Anytime you honor, you know, what your source or your sustenance, anything that provides, that, that, that defines sustenance to you, when you put honor on it, you have longevity. Praise God. If you want to stay long in a job, honor your boss. Honor your boss. Don't judge your boss. Don't judge your boss. You see, you are not the one. You, you, you must know what's in your pay grade and what's not your pay grade. Many of you equate knowledge for authority. Knowledge is not authority. That you know something doesn't mean you should, you should, you should, um, you should, you should use it. If you know your boss is a fool, that knowledge is a, is, is, is a knowledge that cannot be, that is useless to you. You can't, you can't work on it. You can't work with it. Your job, your boss is a fool. Full stop. <laughs> it, it, you, 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 can't, you can't write, you can't write anything. There's no recommendation. You are not, you, your position cannot recommend based on that information. That information is irrelevant to you. You can't say, because my boss is a fool now, he's not deserving to lead this department. You, you are the lesser. You don't write a recommendation for your boss or or you don't approve of your boss. Do you understand that? The approval has been done. That's why it's your boss. My boss is a fool. It's a knowledge you put, you keep. Just leave it. You get the point now? Because my boss is a fool, he's not deserving of honor. You, you, you are the one practicing foolishness. You have nothing to do with that information. Your boss is a fool. I'm shocked. That's all. And you keep serving and honoring and making sure that your boss fulfills his destiny, his dream. 
Amen. Amen. Because if you find, if listen, listen, if you are the boss and there's somebody under you, and you know the person has sworn to make sure you fulfill the success of your role, what will you do for that person? If they, if they say they want to transfer that person somewhere else, what would you say? No, I feel it from you. You do that. So there is longevity wherever there is honor. Are we together with me? And when there is no honor, you, are, you attack warfare. You, you, you embrace warfare and attacks. When, when there is a father and a mother ahead of you and you don't honor, then you... you Attacks will come, right? Joseph just kept saying, I saw my brothers bow to me. I saw my brothers bow to me. Oh, they didn't end him. They bowed later, but they dealt with him. Praise God. Are we together here? I dealt with him. I've taught you how to honor. What are the two ways to honor? The first major way to honor is obedience. Obedience and what? And your honor with your resources. That's it. The fifth one, let me round off with this. The fifth thing I want to talk about to you is a meek heart. Is the last one. To flow in amazing grace, you need a meek heart. You know, the Bible says that God resists the proud. Huh? What does God do to the proud? He resists the proud. So if, if, if you are proud, who? Who is doing you? God. No, it's God though. It says, it says God will resist the proud. So when you are proud, you have a spiritual battle. And the name of the demon calling doing you is El Shaddai. <laughs> now, now you, don't, you don't want a battle with God. You see, when God is dealing with you, everybody keeps quiet. Nobody can help you. It says, God resists the proud. The proud is a condition of heart and utterness is its manifestation. You have to deliver yourself from pride and utterness. You know, God, God, God does not like the utty look. You know, there's, you know, there's a scripture that talks about the utty look. Utty look. That is to say, you must even walk on your, on your look. Are you together with me? Am I preaching good here? Walk on your look. That's why sometimes we are in God's presence, we kneel down. Amen. Sometimes we are in God's presence, we lie down. Praise God. It's not every time we are in God's presence, like the Monday, the Sometimes we are in God's presence, we are crying. A haughty look and a proud heart and the plowing of this wicked are sin. Haughty look. There's haughty look. The look. You have to work on it. Praise God. I'm serious, so you have to work on it too. The utty look. When you're relating with those who should bless you, don't let them ask you for a prayer. Don't let them ask you for a blessing because of your utty look. If somebody is, if your leader is rebuking you, don't have your utty look. You have to create the right look. You have to create it. Don't say, this is how I look. It's not a good look. Change it. It's not working. 
You get the point now. Don't, don't say this is how I am. Forget how you are. It's not working. Change it. Sometimes I send it, I send text to my mentor because I'm not sure if I had given a wrong attitude. And I'm sincerely not sure. And I sent a text, I said, sir, our last conversation, I don't know if I if I gave a wrong attitude. I'm not sure. But perhaps I did. Please forgive me. I don't want to ever be in a place where I'm kind of rude to you. And I send it, and I send the message. You have to work on it. Because God will resist the proud. And it says he gives grace to who? To the humble. You have to learn to respect everybody. Respect everybody. Employ the use of sa and ma. Share it all around the whole world. It's not going to, listen, listen, your humility will never take anything away from you. Humility does not bite of grace. It adds to grace. So if you're humble, you are not less. It actually adds to you. So consistently use SARS. Forget all this, forget all this new age spirits manifesting everywhere. Learn to use SARS and Mars in your language, in your talk. Be very be extremely polite. As you respect everybody, give extra respect to someone who is a dignitary. Amen. Never you treat people the way you have known them in the past. Find out who they are now. No, the guy was my bunkmate. When then? He's no more your bunkmate. He's no more your bunkmate. Listen, when you enter a new atmosphere and you meet somebody you have known for a long time and you meet the person now, you have to give the person and accord the person the respect the person now has. Or else you become a nuisance to the person's new family. And you see, your access to somebody is not dependent on the person. It's dependent with his... With his if you enter a new place and people everybody respect, they say, hey, K, K, la, la. You see, the secretary that is meant to give you appointments I already knows that this is an idiot. They say it's not available. <laughs> Read the mood. Don't be, don't be naive. Read the mood. Read the place. Is he, on, is he honorable now? Find out what they are calling people. Calling somebody. And call the person by what? If the guy is now a prophet general, is that what people are calling him? Pro, a prophet general. And don't do it with, don't do it with sarcasm. Don't do it with sarcasm. Don't use sarcasm. You see, sarcasm is how you stray away from wisdom. That's how you stray. Whenever you want to stray away from wisdom, you'll be full of sarcasm. It's something all of us have to work on. Reduce your use of sarcasm. The Bible says, our name should be nay and our ye should be ye. That is what deals with sarcasm. Say exactly what you mean, exactly what you want to say, because that's how one of the ways we hide our 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 rudeness is through sarcasm. Stop being sarcastic. Sometimes you can know people's real intentions and people's opinion of you through their sarcasm. Listen, almost all the times there are truths embedded in jokes, especially consistent jokes. The same joke every time. Then you then don't be naive. Somebody's passing a message to you. Are you with me, friends? Yes, you have to be meek. You have to be humble. When you find out that this person now has this new role, respect the new role. And don't say, um, 18 years ago, I was the person senior. No, don't do that. Find out. One day I saw one young guy. 
meets, he saw one guy who, who, who is his senior and was hitting the guy's chest. Hey, my guy, don't do that. And guess what? When this senior was having a conversation with me, he gave a very bad recommendation of this person. Bad recommendation of this person. And that guy did not know he has got, he already got a bad recommendation. His heart was right, but his heart still was wrong. So it means that anything, are you listening to me? It means anything that could have flown from this person to that person is blocked. Yeah. Don't forget, I know favor comes from God, but it's piped through men. So if you don't know how to relate with men, you won't be favored. Meekness. Are we together, friends? Meekness. Be humble. Be humble. Be humble. There is nothing wrong in acknowledging who is greater than you and giving the person all the honor and all the respect that you can give. Be humble. Never, never, never give an ex, never give a negative excuse from, for somebody's greatness. Because sometimes that's what hides us from our humility. That's what helps us not to be humble. When somebody is doing something, I say, ah, I don't do well. Ah, make, ah, thank God, though. Make God, if God give person better uncle. Because you have stylishly said that he's great because of his uncle. And you are, you are not great because you don't have an uncle. So it means that that greatness is not from God's grace. That's how we cut ourselves from grace. Don't give an explanation for people's success and glory. Don't give an explanation. That explanation actually cuts you out. God says, this man will I look unto. Amen. What kind of man? A man that trembles at my word. Huh? Humility. Somebody shout humility, please. Humility. I can't hear you. Shout humility. humility. I can't hear you say humility. humility. And one of the things that help you, you walk in humility is vulnerability. Don't try. Don't be too difficult and don't be too... Don't walk too hard trying to protect yourself and trying to be in one status or trying to be in one high place. Don't, it's, it's, it's too much stress. Don't, don't stress yourself. Don't try to be somebody who can never be disrespected. People must see you a certain way. People must really honor you. No. If God has honored you, nobody can take it away from you. You, you, you can't disfavor, you can't, you can't deal with somebody whose God's honor is on. Are we together, friends? So you have to be vulnerable. The Bible, for example, the Bible says, confess your fault one to another and you'll be healed. So it means that one of the ways we flow in healing is vulnerability. Because it takes a lot of vulnerability to confess your fault one to another. Am I correct here? Vulnerability brings healing. Don't try, there's no status you are trying to keep. Confess your fault one to another that you might be healed. Vulnerability. Glory be to God. Are we getting the point now? It's a confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may what? Be healed. Some people are going through stress, you know, almost close to death, but they will never talk to somebody because they're trying to keep one status. Listen, anybody that looks down on you because of a fault or a failure is the person that is low. It's not you that is low. It's a person that is not spiritual because the Bible says that he that is spiritual should restore people with the spirit of weakness, meekness. 
so that he himself will not be overtaken by the same fault. Are we together here? So the person who, is, who has a fault doesn't mean he's not spiritual. Doesn't mean anybody can have a fault. The best of us can have a fault. Are we together here? So fault is not a proof of lack of spirituality. It is how we handle it that determines whether we are spiritual or not. Friends, are we together here? I tell you the truth. These five things will help us. It will help us flow in grace. What's the first one? Mercy. Mercy. Be merciful. Be merciful. Give people what they don't deserve. Are you together? I mean, positively. And don't give them what they deserve. That's negative things. What's the second one? Given. Be cheerful in your giving. What's the third one? Faith. Faith. And what's the fourth one? Honor. Honor. What's the fifth one? Make hard. Do you know these five things is how God has related with us? He has given us mercy. Am I correct? He has given us mercy. He's merciful towards us. Who wants to say God has not cheerfully blessed us? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Who wants to say God has not had faith in you? Even when you don't believe in yourself, God keeps telling you he believes in you. Am I correct? Huh? God honors us. He has made us kings and priests unto him. He has, he has preferred us be above the angels. Which honor is more than that? Do you know God chose you before he chose the angels? He qualified you for sonship before the angels. And he's vulnerable to us. He's so meek. He says, I am meek and lowly, learn of me. He's so meek. Vulnerable. He's naked. Anybody can know him. Anybody can catch a revelation of him. These are the five ways God relates with us. These are the five ways God relates with us. And that's why we can never find a better God. You get the point now? No matter how much you want to backslide, it's difficult for you. Because who will love you like this? Who will have mercy on you? Who will give you his son? Are we together? Who, is, who, will, who will give you cheerfully? Who? Who will honor you like this God? Who will be completely vulnerable? If you go and serve other gods, it's only the Abalis that, that, that consult them on our behalf. But this one, everybody can access him. This is how God has related with us. And guess what? He's telling us this is how we should relate with him and relate with others. I'm going to be merciful towards the people that, come across, that I come across. I'm going to be a cheerful giver. I'm going to walk in honor. I'm going to walk in mercy. I will be a man of faith. Can we just thank God for the, for the gift of life? Thank God for the gift of life. Thank God for the gift of life. I want, I want us to have ultimate concentration. Ultimate concentration. Ultimate concentration. Thank God for the gift of life. Thank God. I can't hear your voice. Thank God. Thank God for life. Thank God for life. Marado Shalabai. Thank God. In the next five minutes, just begin to think about the times God gave you what you didn't deserve. How we didn't destroy and, and, and condemn you when you, need, when you deserved it. Just thank God. Everybody be doing that now. Thank God. Marodovisi haparadasha. Montefesi karadisoya. What love, what love, what love, what love, what love. What love, what love, what love, what love, what love. What love, what love, what love, what love. What love, what love, what love, what love. 
What love, what love, what love? I want everybody to be on their feet. I want to pray for you. What love, what love, what love? What love? In Jesus' name. We're still going to take moments of just lavishing love on him. But as you make a decision to practice the things you have heard, I pray for everyone who has listened to this word that in this new season of your life, there shall be an increase in the grace that you flow in. There shall be an increase in the favor that you experience. You'll be favored in all areas of life. You'll be favored in the mornings. You'll be favored in the noontime. And even in your night seasons, you'll be favored. It would be so appropriate if somebody called you by favor. If somebody surnamed you favor, it would be very appropriate. Because that's your experience. And even today, God works on your heart. You're becoming more loving. Amen. You are becoming full of mercy. Amen. Condemnation doesn't come from your spirit anymore. Amen. You are cheerful in giving. Amen. You are honorable in act. Amen. You are full of faith. Amen. Come on, lift up your hands and just give God praise. Amen.